You are now listening to a Los Wise Guys production. What's up, guys, and welcome to your weekly wisdom with the Los Wise Guys podcast. I'm your host for today, Eslam, the architect himself, accompanied by the anti-socialist, Dan Rosado. How you doing, Dan? What up, bitches? <laughs> um, don't forget to follow us on social media. Like, subscribe, share. Rate, review. Don't forget to pray. Um, today, it's just me and Dan for this special episode. That's all we need. Yeah, that's all we need. Fuck Rudy. We, need. we don't need him. Rudy, you listening? Fuck you. No, he's not. Don't lie to <laughs> Don't lie to yourself, man. He's not listening. Um, today, me and Dan are doing a very special episode about one of our favorite directors this and some a, of our no. favorite movies. Yeah. Um, it's a very special. Yes. Very uh, special. Close to our hearts, some would say. It, it is close to our hearts yeah. and our balls. Um, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino, man. Yep. We love Quentin Tarantino. We love his movies. We yeah. love him. I'd yeah. have his baby. Yeah? I'd have his baby. I don't know. I'd be a weird-looking baby, man. Like, I, I got to say, Quentin Tarantino looks like a serial killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with all due respect, Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all due respect. <laughs> I mean, he's he's really cool The guy. I Like, I know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great director, great writer, one of the best dialogue writers I've ever seen. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just... it's A lot of people aren't into dialogue in movies because they say it's boring or something like that but and some people even say about quentin you know to each his own you know fuck those people rudy (laughs) fuck you but i don't know if rudy feels that way just you know fuck him anyway hey he ain't here to defend himself so fuck him but um no seriously it's something about quentin tarantino's uh the dialogue he writes in the movies yeah if he if he literally had a two hour let's be real a two hour and 30 minute (laughs) movie of just dialogue I'm sure I would love it. Yeah, we like, already had one. That's how good his dialogue is. We already had one, and it was amazing. I don't even I don't know what you're talking about. The but hateful all right. eight, bro. What? That was like two and a half hours of dialogue. Which one? The oh, hateful the hateful eight. eight. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. like 99 percent dialogue. Yeah. And and the extended thing is on Netflix now. I still have to watch that. Oh, there's an extended version. It's it's not even that. What they did is Netflix came to him and it said uh, they said, "Hey, how do you feel about?" trying to work it into a series he's like that'd be interesting i want to see if i could do that so he switched some scenes around and stuff and he made them into four episodes and they're all about 50 minutes each more or less so it's the same movie but it's cut differently with extra scenes added in nice so it's supposed to it's it tells the same story but in a much different matter of fact way Oh, nice. I'd like to see that. So I think it's I'm on Netflix. So yeah. uh, I've been meaning to check it out. I just haven't I gotten around to doing to so. I got to add it to my queue. Yeah. All right. So for this episode, me and Dan are going to do a couple of things. First, uh, we wrote down the movies that we've seen, respectively, and we've rated them in the order in which we think they are good. Dan had a really hard time with this because, you know, it's like rating his own children. Yeah. I was just about to say, it's like it's like my babies. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I feel like so, I made them. But for me, it was really easy. They're like my stepchildren, you know. I don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I hope you never have stepkids. You're like, all right, a favorite, all right, or like, a, or like adopted yeah, kids. Where's number bro. seven? They're, I don't know why you real. have so many kids. They're but. not real. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So 
we're going to go through our lists, um, discuss why we rated them the way we rated them, and then we'll talk about each movie a little bit. Um, so do you want to start out with our number ones? I wonder if we have the same number one. Do you one. mean number one as in favorite? Yes. I, I kind of wanted to work the other way around. Oh, you, the last one. Yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. There you go. So the one that you least favor. Yes. Yes. Okay. You, you want me to start it? or you? Uh, sure. You know what? I'll start it. Okay. My least favorite of the ones that I've seen yeah. is Inglorious Bastards. Oh. I do not like that okay. movie. All right. It's not that I don't like it. I shouldn't yeah. say that. It, yeah. was a, it was a good movie. Yeah. I'm just tired of fucking World War II movies. I really am. Okay. And it like this one had a different spin on it. You yeah. had the Jew bear. They were scalping people. Yeah. Shit was crazy. Yeah. And in the Quentin Tarantino way, the blood splatter and the crazy shit, they fucking killed Hitler. Yeah. Put like 7,800 rounds in them. Like shit was crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was interesting movie. I just I I get tired. I've seen so many World War Two movies. That's that's what I wanted to ask you. So like so you've seen a lot of World War Two movies. Yeah, like I think my favorite World War Two movie would be um, Saving Private Ryan. That was that was a really really good one. See, I, I, it's funny. I was talking about Saving Private Ryan at work not too long ago, and I said I've said it before. It's not a bad movie. I don't like it. Like I, I have all the respect in the world for it for what they did. I, but I just I, personally, well, I, I don't like the movie. It's also was like my one of the first World War II movies I've seen, like yeah. a good action one, and yeah. it was just it was just amazing. Well, the way that they opening did. scene, that oh, opening scene oh, is that yeah, that's yeah, the movie right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking uh, the Normandy, right? The, 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 they're storming the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that shit was just amazing. Yeah. So yeah, and then you got like Chindler's List and like other World War II movies. Um, the Diary of Anne Frank. Okay. The like, you know. See, I, the thing is, for me in particular, um, and Glorious Bastard is definitely higher up on my list. But um, for me in particular, it's it's not only a World War Two movie; it's a war movie. Yeah. And war movies in particular, I haven't seen that many because you know how I feel about action. Yeah, Anybody yeah. who listens to this, they know I don't like action. You're in a war movie; it's a war movie or something like that. It's most likely going to have be action-based, so I don't even bother with it sometimes. Um, there's a few out there that I've heard I should check out. Uh, great movies I've never seen, like Platoon or um, Full Metal Jacket. Those are supposed yeah. to be two great movies that I just have not yeah, gotten around either. to I watching. Seen Full Metal Jacket. Especially Full Metal Jacket, directed by uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, that reminds me of another topic i got to bring up to you in the near future. <laughs> but the thing is... I, I to, in order to take a genre, a genre I don't really care for, and make a movie that I very much enjoy, that's that's special to me. Yeah, you yeah. I, it's it's not that it's again, it's not that it's a bad movie. Yeah. I just like I'm it's your least favorite, of and the, I yeah. just I, I just I'm not into World War Two movies. Like I didn't see Dunkirk when it came yeah. out, and like I really, yeah, that one I have no interest. Like in. I really enjoyed yeah, um, movies from. Christopher Nolan, right? Like, I enjoyed the Batmans. I, Interstellar was uh, fucking amazing. I forgot that was him. So, like, when it came to, like, Dunkirk or actually any war movies nowadays, like, they have war movies about, like, Afghanistan and, like, Iraq and stuff like that. Stories from those movies. Uh, stories from those movies. Stories from those wars, and they turn them into movies. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, like I, I get it. We still like killing each other. Yeah. Like Always. congratulations, yeah. All right, yeah. what's your least favorite? Um, I'm gonna have more to say than Glorious Bastards when I get there later. 
Okay. On my list. Um, yeah. My least favorite is Jackie Brown. Okay. Um, and it's it's not even that. I don't. I dislike it or anything like that. It's honestly, I haven't given it a fair shot. Yeah. I started watching it once, years ago. So I don't remember how old I was, but I remember I was fairly young, and uh, I was sitting there, I was watching it, and the whole time, just like a young person would, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, all right, when's something gonna happen? And I don't remember much about it. Like I said uh, before we started recording, one of the things I remember uh, distinctly was uh, Rob De Niro's got the weird hair and that creepy, pervy mustache. <laughs> I was like, that's all I remember about that movie. Like, I don't remember much else about it. I think she was a flight attendant or something. I think she was... Was she a flight attendant? Yeah. I think she was, a, like, a detective or something. She was going around solving some shit. Yeah, man. Or getting in trouble. The, the, the case of the missing peanuts on the airplane. Yeah, you know what I'm So, <laughs> he would make that shit interesting. <laughs> he would. Um, so, for me, Jackie Brown is my num- number six on the list. My second least favorite. Okay. So I'll just start talking about that then. Yeah, because um, I like I I really don't have much to add so to it for, because I don't remember me, it. Like I saw Jackie Brown when I was really young when I had cable and like I if somehow we had HBO at the time. Okay, might have been a trial or something. And Jackie Brown was there. There you go. I saw it. It was really good. I thought she was like fucking really hot. Mm-hmm. I think there was like like you got to see her titties at one point, and I was just like, oh, this movie's great. I wouldn't remember that. Yeah, but well, I, I did because Samuel like, Jackson's in it too. I yeah, know that. Yeah. He's so, but what hair. I remember from that... No, actually, that's not Jackie Brown that I'm thinking of. Shit. I think that's Foxy Brown. <laughs> okay, so I've never seen Jackie Brown. Shit. It's the same actress, though. That's why I got confused. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck. He won't be around much longer. I promise you that. Oh, well, but I still <laughs> like it more than Inglorious Bastards, even though I haven't seen it because I'm tired of fucking On your Quentin movies. Tarantino list of movies, you put Foxy Brown, which is, has nothing to do with Tarantino. Well, no, I put Jackie put it, Brown, put but I, I always got Inglourious those two confused because it was the same actress. Yeah. So we ain't got shit to say about Jackie Brown. No, we don't. Um, she I do. was hot. I do plan on. I don't, at this point, I don't even know if you know who it is, to be yeah, honest yeah, with you. It's, it's the black chick. Oh, the one? Yeah. The one? Mm-hmm. Black Jack Actress? Yeah, the one. Um, I do want to I do want to go back and watch it now that I'm older. Maybe I could appreciate it more. I'm sure yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, that's I got to watch it too now. Yeah, just go watch Foxy Brown for the titties. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jackie Brown. That's that's one I definitely want to go back and watch. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go next because mine's a Tarantino movie. Um, <laughs> I feel bad putting this here. And it, the reason why it's here is because... I haven't seen it as many times as the other ones. So, I don't know about you. The more you watch a movie, you, you catch little nuances and stuff yeah, like yeah. that here and there. So, this one I haven't caught as much as I have with the other movies. The Hateful Eight. Because that's his most recent. Really? I put it that low on the list. I know. Damn, and I feel bro. bad about it. I feel bad about Damn, it. Damn, bro. I'm really... The, that's crazy. So, I'm a big fan of okay. The Hateful Eight. I, I very, very much enjoy that movie. That's up there as one of my favorites. Yeah. But it's just... Like I said, uh, compared to everything else on this list, it's right, as yeah, of right yeah, now it doesn't uh, it doesn't get a higher spot. In, in a couple of years, maybe it'll be number one. I don't know, but um, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, it's got like that western setting, and it's and it takes place like in a snowy area, which you don't think of when it comes to westerns. It's been done in certain well, movies. Hell, winter. Well, I, I know, but a lot of times when you think of a Western movie, or yeah. it, not necessarily a Western movie, but in that setting, you think of deserts, you think of... Yeah, they're like the usually heat. taking place it, in the South or like exactly. the Midwest. 
This so, one, I think it was like Vermont. Something. Well, yeah. well, it, it was some, I don't remember where. It was somewhere up north to get yeah. that much snow. But the thing is, it's it's almost like, a, in a sense, it's a contrast to what most people think of when they think of yeah. that setting. You know, so that's one thing right off well, the bat I thought it was very interesting. Well, I think it's, yeah, well, it's interesting because because of all that snow is why they were stuck in the exactly. house. That, that's what made the movie. Yeah. It's because of the snow that took, well, that's what I'm saying. It's a very big part of the movie. And, and it's, you don't even really think about it. It's something like in the background that caused. It caused the entire movie. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's funny because I was saying uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, 2. The game starts off. You're in the snow, and it's. I had the same feeling. I was like, "All right, this reminds me of Hateful Eight because yeah. you're in the snow and you're fr- trying to find a place to like hold up for the night and try to survive because some shit went wrong. Great game, but um, yeah, Hateful Eight was great. The uh, as always, the acting is great. Samuel Jackson, who's in I think almost Samuel every Jackson single one was of his movies, fucking amazing. In yeah, that he movie. was great. They brought back um, shit, Tim Roth. I, I believe that's his name, Tim Roth, who hadn't been in a Tarantino movie for a little bit. He was in there. Uh, which oh. one was he? Oh, dude, I can't. I can't, even, I can't I, dude, I, that's the thing. I all these other movies, I could tell you who did it and what blah blah. No, blah. I just hateful eight. I don't remember that. Oh much. no, I, what did he look like? Like, I just don't know what he looks. Do like. Do you remember? In, in uh, I'm sure we'll get to this later on. In Pulp Fiction, the guy who's trying to rob the bank and then he steals the wallet from Samuel Jackson. Oh yes, Him. yes, yes. Okay, because he's in the hateful eight. That's the first time he'd been in a, in a Tarantino movie since Pulp Fiction, actually. Wowie. So there's that. Okay. Um, but no, the movie was great. It was it, it was a big like who done it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and much. that's the thing. It was like it was like Clue, but yeah. better. It's uh, it's funny because Tarantino doing a who done it movie. That's the thing with his movies. Every movie's a different genre of movie. Yeah. So this one was his who done it movie, and it was great because you're sitting there. It's like all right. Who killed the person? Who was it? This person? We have a reason to believe it was this person. No, it might have been this person. And it was a whole thing, and then you get the ending, and it was great. I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. They all die. But um, that you know what? That's how much I remember the movie. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. Hey, I have to, we all have to go back and watch. Yep. Um, but no, how do you feel about the hateful eight? Um, very good. I'll talk about it more when I get to it on my list. Perfect. So, um, cause it's actually one of my favorites. I'm not going to tell you which number it is okay. right now, okay. but I'm going to move on to my third least favorite movie. Okay. And that is death proof. Same here. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So death proof on my list is number five because there's, well, now there's two movies I haven't seen one, which is reservoir dogs. We'll get to that later, but I guess I haven't seen <laughs> Jackie Brown no, either, so no. I haven't seen Jackie Brown. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So Death Proof is my third least favorite because, like, it was a good movie, it just wasn't a hundred percent interesting. Yeah, to me, um, it was like the movie was about like this guy who killed these chicks in his car. He's a race car driver, and then these bun- these other chicks, um, one of them being. Um, uh, Rosario Dawson and like these other ones. And Rosario Dawson and the other ones. I, I forget the other ones now. I just, the most famous one in there, I think, was Rosario Dawson. Zoe Bell is important simply because she's a stunt double who regularly works in Tarantino's movies, and he gave her a more prominent role in that movie. Nice. She's the one who rides the car. Oh, up front. Yeah. Okay. That's Zoe Bell. Yeah, yeah. So, so I then think these, it's Bell. So then these girls like 
form a team to to kill the killer with the cars and like it was it was it was an interesting movie it's kind of like one of those once and done movie like you don't need to watch it again yeah yeah i like it was all right i um but i still liked it more than inglorious bastards <laughs> yeah it's funny cuz like <laughs> i'm shitting so much on inglorious bastards i know you're just shitting yeah. all of them um when it comes to death proof i put it above hateful eight and the thing is I know. Give me. I, I fuck. I could sit here and watch Hateful Eight right now, and it's definitely. I'm sure I'm gonna like it more than Death Proof, but it's just the fact that I remember much more about Death Proof. Yeah. And I remember enjoying it. Hence, like, if I enjoyed the Hateful Eight a little but bit more, also I would have. When you saw you know, Death Proof, you saw the double feature in theaters, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw Planet Terror and all the other stuff with it. The whole experience was awesome because yeah, yeah. you got to see a double feature, and it was like old school, and it, I loved it. But um, Death Proof. Kurt Russell, man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was awesome in that movie. Just everything about him. He came off as... He was awesome as, in Hateful Eight, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was... Yeah. And uh, what's it called? He just came off as, like, at, at the beginning, he's just, like, this cool, like, suave guy. First he's eating all, the nachos. Yo, I was I, just I, I knew you say, were going to say it. I was about to say, first of all, I really wanted those fucking nachos. And the way he was eating them, man. Yo, that, was, that was, like, his last meal ever. Listen, that that's how you're supposed to fucking eat nachos <laughs> when they're that good. Yeah. They, like... They were great. I mean, you have him trying to be like the cool, like suave, like guy, whatever. And then you find out he had this chick give him a lap dance. Yeah. And then you have um, he's like this. You find out he's like this weird serial killer. And he's well, I, I guess technically he's a serial killer. Yeah. Sort of. We only seen him kill the one girl. Yeah. Well, well, you see him do some shit and then you see him also act like a bitch when he gets shot. Yeah, yeah. And the, it's it's such a good job because you see Kurt Russell playing so many different types of roles. Like when he got shot, he turned into the biggest bitch in the world. And it was great. It was just uh, just overall, the movie was that's great. like uh, that's a good thing with like these type of guys, though, that that they're always in control and they're they're the ones who are the predator. Yeah. And the moment they become the prey, you really see their true selves yeah. is a scared little bitch. Yeah. Who just find someone that's weaker than them to prey on them? Yeah. And I think he, he, Kurt Russell, did a really good job of portraying that, yeah. like transition of from being the predator to being the prey. Yeah. And um, no, power was, number, ladies, good. power in numbers. There you go. Yeah. There you go, Miss Marvel. Yeah. But um. Oh my God! Don't don't get me started, <laughs> man. Don't fucking get me started. Really, I'm the last person wants to hear that again. <laughs> yeah. Um. But what's it called? Fucking yeah. Thor's it, hammer. It was it was true. They it was like the women's empowerment type thing, you know. So good for females. Yeah, that and was uh, like fucking uh, feminism for feminism started. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, before well, it, it the way it is now. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, it, like I said, it was an enjoyable movie. It wasn't as long as Tarantino's others. No, no. Because, you know, it was a double feature and yeah. who wants to be in a movie theater all day? Granted, if it's Tarantino and um, Robert Rodriguez, I'd love to be there all day, but yeah. that's a whole other story. I mean, story. they're, yeah. Two great directors. Um, do you want to do your next one? Or yeah. No. Wait, weren't, oh, oh yeah, because we had the same one. All right, so the next one after that, my fourth least favorite is is it fourth yeah yeah uh django unchained same here um django unchained was an amazing movie very very good movie but this is quentin tarantino so the movie just get better and better so just because it was an amazing movie doesn't mean it was the best of quentin um I love Django Unchained. Such a good movie. Like I said, Listen, I, re- I rewatched it recently. Samuel Jackson is the best person in that fucking... This is Candyland, motherfucker! <laughs> it's funny, because 
I remember liking Samuel Jackson, but I don't remember much of what he did because he shows up at the end yeah. of the movie. So when I was rewatching it, because he was like a really really old house slave. Yeah, that's all he was. Yeah, but it's like, but when rewatching it and doing it, I was like, oh my god, bro, he this- has such like he's he plays not a minimal part, but he. He's not in the movie as much as the other people, but he's so fucking good. Yo, he's so funny because he gets it's like so these, good. His he, face. Yo, he gets these one shot lines yeah. of just like sh- yeah. trolling and shitting on people. Yeah, this and is Candyland, motherfucker. I died bro, when he started saying this that. Shit, cause like you, cause they show the name of the plantation when they come in. Candyland. Right? It says Candyland. Yeah. And you kind of just see it and you brush it off as yeah. like whatever. They mention it a few times here and there, but it's not. But you know, like, oh well, you know, when Candyland. Samuel Jackson says that shit, you remember his Candyland, <laughs> bro. That shit had me dying. It was Candyland, so fucking funny. Oh my god, great movie. Yes, um, one of the one of the great things about this movie is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, so, amazing actor. We all know this. Yeah, we all know this. One scene in the movie that I found out later about. I don't know if you're the one who yep. told me about no, this. No, I didn't tell you. But I was there when you found out. It was oh, Jonathan Exel who told us. Oh, was it? Yes. Uh, J. Exel, The Dark Knight. Um, so, in in the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is sitting down on a dinner table with Django, um, the greatest monologue actor of all time, the German dude from Inglorious Bastards <laughs> who wanted to drink some milk. I'll, I'll remember his name. Yeah. Just, uh, um, Christ, Christoph Waltz? Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly. I remember the Waltz part. I, yeah. I was struggling on Christoph or Christopher. I think it's Christoph. Uh, yeah. So Christoph Waltz is there. Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, uh, Kerry Washington. And uh, Samuel Jackson's there too. Samuel Jackson and uh, the main character. Django. Django. What's oh I'm sorry Jamie, Jamie Fox. Fox. There we go. <laughs> sorry Jamie Fox. Um, Jamie so Fox is that homeless motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, like Candyland motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all at the dinner table. They're talking. Leonardo DiCaprio gets mad. He doesn't see that there's a cup, and when he slams his hand on the table, it goes and smashes the cup, the glass cup. Yep. And he cuts his hand. Pretty bad. <laughs> he start. He's cut. He probably has a glass shard in his hand. Like, but they just kept. Like, he just kept going because it's all legit. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. You watch the movie. Oh, it, it was an intense scene. He was supposed to cut his hand. No, he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, yeah that he happened was in by the moment. accident, and he just rolled with it, and it made one of the m- most amazing scenes ever. Because mm-hmm. he goes around. He's walking around. He's like, "What am I fucking gonna do with my hand?" And as he's doing it, it's like you see his hands like shaking yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. He's like, "What it, am I gonna do with my hand right now? That shit bleeding. I got a glass shot. I'm gonna keep acting. I'm gonna rub my blood all over Kerry Washington's face." <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. He my, w- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go. I, uh, one thing I wanted to say though is, like I said, rewatching it now that I'm watching it, and I know. Yeah. It's it's there, so I was like, "Oh, here's the scene. It's coming." So when he does it. And then it's like, like I said, he talks, and then it's like he looks at the hand, keeps going, man. Like, first off, like you said, all the credit in the world to him. Also credit to, obviously, Tarantino, the whole reason why we're doing this podcast. A lot of people said, whoa, whoa, cut. You know what the fuck's going on? Tarantino saw, he was in the moment, saw what this added to the scene. It was like, you know what? Go for it. Let's see where this goes. I want to see what happens. The, well, the, I think if Leonardo wanted to cut, he would have yelled cut. Oh, yeah, that's it. they would have just, that's like, true. redid the scene, but, but, but he that's kept what I'm going. Saying. So I, I give credit on both parts. Like, Tarant- um, Leonardo DiCaprio kept going because he, yeah. he had it, and Tarantino saw that he had yeah, it. Yeah, and it's good that Tarantino just didn't, like, yell cut and, like, yeah. treat his actors like little bitches. But, 
But um, not only that, the one thing is he rubs his hand on Kerry Washington's face. There's cuts in between. So it is possible that they just added a scene in there. Okay. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if that really is his blood rubbing on her face. Because there is like a cut in between that. And then they, they, they switch a scene or they switch a, an angle and they show something else. Oh, they cut okay. Back to so it. it's like one of those like uh, switch camera cuts. Yeah, exactly. Like camera. So okay. it is possible that he very much did do it. Yeah, and they yeah. just threw the scene in I the middle. Because I was wondering. I was like, bro. Kerry Can't Wa- if I was Kerry Watson, I would beat the shit. Yo, I would have <laughs> sued. Like, you like, motherfucker. What, like, bro, what you'd be happening? fucking models like all yeah. day on a fucking boat in the middle of nowhere. Like, how do I know you don't have something? Yeah, it was like, yeah, I'm not cool with that. So it's like, I don't know if it was a real thing or not. Yeah, it's just like a STD doctor on the boat. Just giving him shots all day. No, no. It's raw dog and models. What? <laughs> what, what? What just happened? <laughs> Don't worry about it. What just happened? That's some Leonardo DiCaprio shit, bro. Jesus Christ. But yeah, bro. Django Unchained was amazing. Um, well, first of all, I just want to mention something. Yeah. Why did every gun in that movie have the power of a 12-gauge shotgun? Yeah, because everybody goes flying. Yeah. Everywhere. Like, ev- like every gun had the power of the cricket from fucking yeah. uh, Men in Black. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like, boom! They they were flying around like they were in fucking like you got crouching shot, it tiger, was like a little, dragon. Yeah, it was like a little fucking cannon. People going through walls. Yeah. Like some bitch head got blown off. Yeah. Like, well, the thing it, towards the end when um I guess this is a spoiler when uh Jamie. Fox, I'm sorry if you haven't seen it by now. Just go kill yourself. You haven't seen Reservoir Dog. Shut up. That's true. I'm gonna <laughs> go kill myself after this podcast. Um, but w- the one scene where uh Jan goes back in the house after the whole everything with Leonardo DiCaprio and everything and then the two slave ladies are walking up and then he tells whatever her name is like oh I want you to say goodbye to Miss whatever let's say her name is Barbara because the Leonardo DiCaprio's sister is standing in the doorway and he, she's like what well, is like say goodbye to Miss Barbara and she's like goodbye Miss Barbara boom <laughs> shoots her and she disappears she disappears into a hallway oh, never yeah. to be seen I again remember that. How the, first off oh, the she, angle she gets blasted into yeah, the next room the angle he shot her at she shouldn't have flown in that direction yeah, yeah. but it doesn't matter because it's awesome so that happened. She goes flying. But one thing in particular, Christoph Waltz's character in that fucking movie. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. The moment he shows, the movie starts, and it's 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 like watching Glorious Bastards again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the same character. Yeah. But the thing is, he shows that up. That sounds like the greatest monologue yeah. giver ever. He shows up, and then you see all the slaves. They're, they're, on the, they're all hooked up with the chains, and... Um, you got the slavers walking around or whatever. This guy shows up with a big-ass tooth on his cart. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a dentist. <laughs> and then he's just he's just walking down the thing. He's like, hey, wh- the people are looking like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about buying one of your slaves here. And it's like, we're not selling. I was like, of course you're selling. And then he just goes and he's like, is your name whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, I'm Django. And he's like, okay, this is Django. The guy's pointing a gun at him and everything. He's just so calm and collected. Pulls out a gun, shoots him, shoots the other guy's horse. He grabs a, a receipt for the thing. He pays the man while the guy has a dead horse laying on top of him, broke his leg. He buys the horse very nonchalantly. He takes Django, and then he tells the other guys, it was like, listen, you, you have the option right here. You could get the horse off, off the master here and take him back into town so a doctor could see him. Or you could grab the shotgun I'm leaving behind and do what you got to do. And then he just rides <laughs> off. <laughs> and then it's like you look back and you see they all like gang up on the guy and you hear a gunshot or I think you see it. And then it was just like his character, just that one scene in particular encapsulates everything about his character. Yeah. He's so was, badass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christoph Waltz is an amazing actor. Oh, I love him. Um, and I love him in Quentin Tarantino movies because he's like I like I said, he's such he's so good. Like Quentin's so good at writing dialogue. 
And then Kristoff is so good at giving you yeah, that dialogue. The way he delivers it is amazing. To that dialogue. And it's just, it sounds amazing. You, you, you're so intrigued and you're so like, what was the word I'm looking for? Um, like when you're like really focused. Like you're, like you're. I don't know, like you're zoned in, you're... Uh, yeah, something like that, whatever. Yeah. I'm not good with words. Yeah, words are hard. But I just want to say, uh, before we get to the next one, the right now for me, I got, starting with Django, there's like five, including Django, left on my list. And like I was telling you before, and I was making a list, I really feel like these five are interchangeable. Yeah. So like Django's like the first one. I was like, this is basically just how I feel today. So okay. like this could change. So you have more on your list because I have three left. Yeah, I got four... One, two, three, four left. So I could go. I could say my next one, which you yeah. already said. It's Inglorious so, Bastards. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So talk about Inglorious Bastards, and then we'll go into like number three. And yeah. Then, so okay. in Inglorious Bastards, um, with me in particular, Inglorious Bastards and Django. For I don't know what it is, but I have a they. There's something about them that feels similar to me, and it's not just the Christoph Waltz uh, aspect of it, but there's something about Inglorious Bastards in particular. That uh, I feel like I like a little bit more than Django, at least today. And um, it's like I was saying before, I'm not a big fan of war movies and stuff like that. But Christoph Waltz in particular, at the very beginning, he's on the farm. They're in France. He's speaking to the guy who it's like a milk farm, whatever. And it's just like you said, the dialogue, that scene where they're just sitting there and he's talking. Oh, yeah, because it, it created so much tension. Exactly. Right? You're rooting for the Jewish family. Yeah. Under the floorboards. Yeah. And then you... And he's just... He's there. He has all the power. Yep. Right? He he comes... He he commands yeah. all the power he's in a room. He's intimidating the hell out of everybody. He, he knows they're there. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to play with them. Yep. Because I'm bored. Yeah. And I want to have some fun. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to have me some milk. Yep. I'm going to talk this let guy me, let down. Let me get some of your milk. I'm going to slowly break down... His confidence. I'm gonna make him scared as fuck. I'm gonna bust out a stupid looking pipe. I'm a, I'm gonna <laughs> scare the fuck out of him. Yeah. To the point where he's just like he's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me in ways that I will remember in the afterlife. Yep. And fuck this family. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I'm not taking this chance. And Quentin Tarantino was able to do all that. Via dialogue. Exactly. And great actors. Yep. Like, it's just, this is how amazing dialogue can be when you do it right and when yep. you have the right actors to deliver this dialogue. It's just, it was such a powerful scene. You were so, again, in, like, I'm saying encapsulated, but that's not the word that I want. Yeah. Like, you were so, fuck. I, Intrigued. And more. Like, there's there's another word where you're, like, captivated. Horny. You. <laughs> <laughs> you say I'm fucked up. <laughs> just sit there while Glorious Bastards got a hard on, just watching Crystal Falls. <laughs> hey man, if he talks to me like that, bro, he can probably yeah. talk me into getting a hard. Smoke on. that pipe, drink that milk. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, you're so captivated by what's happening, by all the tension, and then it happens, and then he just fucking. He orders his soldiers. To, he's like, All right, I'm going to act like I'm leaving. He's like, they're under the floorboards. They start talking another language that they don't understand. Yep. And they come in and just like, ratatata. Yep, just like the Pokemon. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. Christoph Waltz is amazing, but um, I got to definitely give credit to not just him, Brad Pitt. I'm, I've never been the biggest Brad Pitt fan. 
Uh, it's he was one of those guys. He's there, and I was like, a lot of people are obsessed with him. I never really got. I why. got I got on the Brad Pitt train after finally seeing um, Fight Club a yeah. while back. I like Fight Club a the lot. The combination of him and Edward Norton was really oh yeah, they're, they're was really great good. movie. Great movie. Um, but then it's just like there was a couple of movies of his that just I didn't watch because exactly. they seemed useless. It's like I never felt like. I felt like Brad Pitt was one of those guys, and who am I? I'm just some random fucking person, but I never felt like his hey, man, acting this, was ever this, that. This is America, bro. We yeah. can say our fucking opinions. Uh, but I, I just never felt like it was one of those things where um, I never felt like Brad Pitt was ever like such a great actor and whatever. Because he was pretty he was as just, fuck, bro. Exactly. That's his thing. And then like when this movie came out, you know, uh, Lieutenant Aldo Rain, I was just like, God damn, he's, he's, he's doing a great job. Yeah, no, I think he has the potential. I, of being a great actor, he just needs a script. Yeah. Tarantino. Fight Club was an amazing yeah, script yeah. based on an amazing book. Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards, amazing script, yeah. right? I I don't I can't recall a lot of the other movies that he was in off the top yeah. of my head. That's the thing, but that's I'm what sh- I'm saying. Like you don't even remember him, but you yeah. think Inglorious Bastards uh, right off the bat? I think Christoph Waltz. I think Brad Pitt. Yeah. You know I can't help it. Granted, there's many other amazing actors in the movie. I don't remember everybody. But um, before I jump off of Glorious Passage, just one more scene, and it is mostly dialogue again. When um, when they're in the they're in Germany, and they're at the bar, and there's the Nazis there who are celebrating because one of the guys had a kid. Oh, and then you have, that was a good scene. Exactly, and then you have you have the, the, the German actress, uh, Fraulein, whatever. And then you have uh, a British guy who's pretending to be German, and yeah. another, and then you have uh, Hugo Stiglitz, yeah. who is one of the one of uh, Lando's Apa- Lando, one of Aldo's Apaches, who's he's works with the bear hunter and a uh, Jew hunter, Jesus yeah. Christ, and he works with them. So you have all these people, and that's when they're doing the thing, and they're just having conversation, and then they're going back and forth, talking to the Nazis. They're trying to say we're higher ranking than you guys. You have to show us respect. We're with the Fraulein respecter. Then another guy who's supposed to be higher ranking comes out the back. He's like, well, you guys got to respect me. Let's all drink together. And the stupidest fucking thing is what sets them all off. Yeah. The way they hold up three fingers. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck thinks of that? You know, because most, I guess, I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, most of us, I think I would say on this side of the world when we hold up three fingers we hold up the index the middle and the ring in this movie the guy ordered three drinks and he did that and that little gesture was enough to set off the nazi lieutenant or whatever the hell he is that these people aren't german because he didn't hold up the thumb the index in the middle yeah that stupid stupid little scene (laughs) i mean little uh thing made that scene amazing that little detail yeah and it was like but that's you know yeah but again that's again to his research writing and just creating that tension again because that whole scene is building up tension because it's like we're pretending to be german you have an inkling that we're not german Mm -hmm. and then like we're passing through and finally he we're like getting along yeah i order three beers and i let my guard down for just a second that stupid little gesture and is and he's like oh yeah germans we do this instead of this and then it just breaks out into a fucking gunfight yeah I and think they was, all ended up getting killed except for the actress. Yeah. It was just amazing. Like, Such a good thing. Like, yeah. yeah. One, before we get to the next one, I know I keep stopping. I just want to jump back to Django. The fact that Tarantino respects movies is great because I don't know if you're aware, Django Unchained is not the first no, Django I know. Western movie. remake. Well, no. It's no. not a remake. That's, that's his movie. It's just Django was a character that existed in many Westerns in the past. Oh, it was okay. all, and it was always some white guy who was a cowboy named Django. 
in the Django Unchained when um, they're Christoph Waltz's character, Dr. King and um, Django, when they're pretending to get into the Mandingo fighting or whatever, and they meet the two, they see the two Mandingos fighting. That's when they meet um, Leonardo DiCaprio for the first time. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio has his guy fighting against this other person's guy, and that guy is Django from the previous movies. And he's supposed to be like a oh, Spaniard or oh, something like the, that. The slave owner. Yeah, the other okay. slave owner that's competing with uh, DiCaprio. He, w- he was Django. Oh, okay. And the thing is, I'm just saying that's poor because I was watching a documentary not too long ago. It was very short on YouTube. I don't remember what it's called. But um, they're talking about how Tarantino is influenced by other movies and how he adds, and they, like, they show side by side like certain scenes in movies, how he throws them into his and he just twists and changes it a little bit, but he makes it fit into his setting. And he's always been a big fan of Westerns. So when he, he got the opportunity to get Django, it's great. And then you see the guy go to the bar and he's sitting next to Jamie Foxx. And that's when he's just like, so you're the guy who's supposed to help him get the, the Mandingo fighters. And he's like, yeah. He's like, what's your name? He's like, Django. And then he says, can you spell it? And he says, D-J-A-N-G-O. Yeah, D-J-A-N-G-O. And then he tells the guy, like, the D is silent. And the other guy looks at him and says, I know. And then he walks off. I'm like, that's awesome. It's just that <laughs> you know, it's cool that he does shit like that because that is the original Django. Yeah, but um, I, didn't I just know wanted that. to say that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean the soundtrack and everything at the beginning where they're playing the song Django. Yeah, that's from the old movies. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like when directors pay little homages like that to yeah. like other things. Tarantino was a big fan of movies. Yeah. So it shows. Well, yeah, he's a great movie director, and it's like do what you love. So, all right, my number three on the list is Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Okay, yeah, um, great, great fucking movies. I think my favorite of the two is Kill Bill Volume One, just because of the animation uh, I, put yeah. in it. First of all, it's so fucking genius. It's just, oh man, it's so fucking genius. Thank you, Quentin Tarantino. When I saw that, I was like, oh. like, I, like I jizzed in my pants. That shit was so fucking amazing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you watch these movies, you get horny. I'm telling Bro, you. Bro, like <laughs> the the scene with the girl fucking sniping the the fat guy with the ladies. That the, where he's the, in the back of the limousine. And yep. Oh, my God. Like, and when the father, when her father got killed and she was under the bed, like there, there were such like crucial scenes mm-hmm. that were better because they were in animation because you can do more with animation than you can in real life. Yep. And they just, and they could, he could make them crueler and bloodier and do more with them because they're in animation. And he chose the perfect style of animation. Yeah. Right? And it was just, it was so beautifully done. Yeah. Like the combination between b- back and forth and like the whole, s- oh my God, it was such a good movie. Kill Bill was great. Kill yeah. Bill, I mean. Volume two, I also enjoyed. I just, I, I didn't like the ending. Okay. It was too quick. Okay. She was like, I'm a Kill Bill. I'm a Kill Bill. I'm going to touch your chest five times. You're going to no. die in five steps, bitch. Hey. Like. Don't let Uma Thurman touch your chest. That's the lesson. Bro, like, <laughs> I, like, I get it. I just would have wished, like, because to me, Bill was this badass assassin yeah. boss, right? And I expected him to you be You expected a, him to do more. To be a strong fighter. Um, because, like, I, again, I'm used to, like, anime background, and I'm used to be the bosses to be the strongest. Yeah. 
And when he added the anime, and I was like, oh, Kill Bill's going to be this crazy motherfucker and this old-ass dude that needed a cane yeah. to fucking walk. Yeah. And, like, Uma Thurman was like, oh, first of all, bitch, why you letting fuck you? Like, it's an ugly-ass dude. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> really, you couldn't just cut his head off, fight him or something, do. Oh, oh. She had to use that move. She had to. The fight scene between her and the crazy and Lucy Lou. Okay, the Lucy Lou. Okay. The music. Yep. That that all that again anime. Based on fucking anime, what was happening? The fucking sword slash, yep. and then you see her scalp falling, yep. and it's just like, huh? The, Bro. the one thing in that scene that I that I distinctly remember is the fountain. In the background. Yeah. Where it's just, it's quiet at one point, and all you hear is like when it gets the water and then it tips over and it just goes back and forth. You just yeah. keep on hearing that. And then at one point when it goes off, that's what sets them in the action. I was yeah. like, that little, that those little, once that's, again, that's attention anime. to detail. That's yeah. fucking anime. Oh, yeah. We've seen that multiple yeah. times in like swordsmanship animes. Like, it was so good. Tarantino, so fucking man. good. He respects the craft. Oh, my goodness. He respects the craft, man. Um, but yeah, what, what, what's your number three? My number three, because I got more to say, Kill Bill, I'm saving it. Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Now, you haven't seen this one. No, I have not. Highly recommend it. Yes. Reservoir I know, Dogs. Uh, everybody recommends it, and yeah. it's on my queue, I think. I've just... Yeah, I think it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I just haven't had time to hey, fucking get your life see together. it. Bro. But Reservoir yeah. Dogs. I need to. That's the one that put Tarantino on the map. That's the one that, if it wasn't for Reservoir Dogs... We wouldn't have the rest of these movies. Um, at the time, he was just trying to get trying to get a movie made, trying to get his script sold. He had just written a script for a little movie called True Romance. Uh, I believe it was True Romance, and uh, he had sold it. And after he sold it, he met with somebody in the industry who said, "All right, do you have any uh, ideas for movies?" That's where they made Reservoir Dogs, and then True True Romance came out right after. Like, oh, that's the same guy who directed this. Oh shit, let's see what else he could do. And that set it off. But um, Reservoir Dogs is, without giving too much away, it's about um, it's a it's a no. You could talk about it. You don't have to. Worry oh, no, about believe me, spoiler. I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's weird. There's not. There is a spoiler, but it's. I'm not gonna say it. I could talk about the movie without mentioning. Okay, okay, okay. But it's basically about a bank heist gone wrong. That's essentially the movie. Okay. And uh, the thing is, when when I say bank heist, oh, I like bank heist movies. It's not. Yeah, but it's a Quentin Tarantino version, and I can't. Now I'm more excited. But it's, it's not a bank heist movie though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the bank heist is barely in the movie. Yeah. So it's like it's more of like the after effects. No, I know. That's yeah. why. No, I I know exactly what yeah, you yeah, mean. Yeah. Like it's not gonna be him planning and doing it. Oh and yeah, then, yeah, no. No, no, no. I I know like how this like. The way he would do something like that, yeah. and like I'm excited to see this. Oh, dude, it's it's great. And then the the thing is, the characters are just as always, they're memorable. And the cool thing about it is, it's a bank heist. It's all these guys working together. They're doing the job. And nobody uses their real names. A lot of them don't know each other's real names, so they're called Mr. White, Mr. Black, Mr. Pink, Mr. Green. And just that adds to it. That adds to the um, just to the feeling. Of the movie, so the thing is, some shit goes wrong. Some people are hurt. Some people are shot. Some people are missing. They're in a warehouse, and basically, essentially, most of the movie takes place inside this one room, like in the warehouse. And shit, you're just discovering shit, 
as it's happening, more people are showing up. Other people are disappearing. There's this insane scene in there. I'm not going to give too much away. I said earlier to you, stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. Anybody who's seen Reservoir Dogs hears that, and they think of this one particular scene with James Madsen, who plays uh, Bill's brother in Kill Bill. Okay. Um, he's in there, and he's just he's like dancing to the song, but it's like this crazy, intense scene. And uh, it's great. Harvey Keitel is the main character. Okay. And he's... It's just a great movie. Like, it's very simple. Like, you look at Kill Bill, and there's a lot... Like you said, there's the anime, and there's a lot of stuff going on. You could tell he was just trying to get into the business, so there wasn't that much of a budget. He used what he could, and he definitely made the most of it. Yeah. It's one hell of a fucking movie, dude. That's how you know it's a great director. Yeah. I mean, you don't give him the craziest budget in the world, and he still produces something like that. God damn. A, a movie that is now a classic, yeah. you can probably say. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So Reservoir Dogs, that's my uh, number three. Okay, my number two. Well, something. my number two is Kill Bill, if you want me to. Okay, since we just talked about yeah. it. Yeah, go ahead. So Kill Bill, um, pretty much everything you said, that's what I got to say. Uma Thurman was just freaking badass in that movie, mm-hmm. both movies. Um, I really hope they fucking somehow do a part three in the future. I need <laughs> to see that. Um, yeah, the, the, I just, I I don't know how I, I didn't forget it, but it was just like, it it was a great fight scene, but like the other stuff was, came out to me a little more because they were less chaotic and there was more detail to them. Mm -hmm. But like when she was fighting all the dudes Mm -hmm. and then she fought the girl with the, the club and not the, the chain and uh, ball with the spikes. Yeah. That was a great fight. scene. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And uh, so much blood, so much blood. It's funny because when they show that movie on like regular cable and there's no blood, I just can't watch it. It's not that I need the blood. No blood. Exactly. The oh, they, they show it. They show it like that, and there's no blood. Oh wow. It's like it's not that I need to see blood or I whatever. I wonder if it's that just, was the original weird. way, and he's like, okay, this we're gonna make this for TV, yeah. and then like let's make another version, just add some extra blood. Yeah. Can just we get like fucking whatever amounts of fucking gallons of blood yeah can we get like 60 extra gallons of blood in it's this? like somebody gets a paper cut and they lose about 30 gallons of blood yes in that scene yeah but a uh, great scene i uh, want two pints of blood for each paper cut yeah but <laughs> but what's called the thing is part one and two are very similar and very different the first one is very asian influence like you said very japanese yes. um the second one is two at the beginning but it has more of it's not. It doesn't feel like an Asian movie at that point. It's not so much a Western, but it's it's. You could watch both these movies separately. You could watch part two without ever seeing part one, and it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like that's another thing. The fact that you can make a movie a sequel, and it's you. It makes you want to see the first one because it's so damn good. But you get everything. You understand everything watching just Which the second one movie. Was it when she went and got her sword made? That's the first one, the Hattori Hanzo sword. Okay, cool. So so it stayed with a Japanese influence throughout the whole first movie. The first movie. The second movie is when she goes and she does the, the training with the with, with the, the with the guy Chinese with the master, right? Yeah. All right. Who teaches her the ways of the the famous rock band, the five finger death punch. <laughs> but um but no, it's it's yeah, the whole thing where she meets Hattori Hanzo and he's just a regular guy in a shop, and then turns out, no, he's the legendary Hattorianzo, and he yeah. makes a sword specifically for her just because she said she was going to kill Bill. He's like, you're killing Bill? I got you. Here's yeah. the sword. 
Um, just a great fucking movie. Like you said, the anime. There's been times where I felt like just watching that scene, and I will just I will like put on the movie, and I I, I plan on just skipping through it just to get to that scene. I can't I can't skip there. I just watch the whole fucking thing. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I I still remember the one scene where uh, the girl is under the bed. She's hiding in the anime part, and then she's trying to be quiet, and she lets out a sound, and it says the word whimper. Yeah, it yeah. was like I remember that one thing, and then she tries to catch it, and it like it goes back into her mouth. It comes out like in a comic book form, where it's a little bubble. Yeah, it says whimper. She tries to bring it back to her mouth. Like, who the fuck thinks of stuff like that, dude? It's crazy. It's stuff like that 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 make this movie like it's the amazing man. piece of art yeah. that it is. Yeah. Um. All right, my number two is Hateful Eight. Okay. Yeah, because that movie didn't have. Th- like that movie's budget was like what, like ten million dollars? I don't know. I <laughs> like don't know, to be other than you. paying the actors themselves, that movie that movie didn't have a budget. Like it, like it was like soundstage because they were inside the whole time. Yeah. They did their wardrobe. They they went somewhere where it's like foresty and like fucking, uh, like but but it was it was such a like a captive because you were just it was like sitting down and listening to someone tell you a story. And then you can just visualize it while they were saying it, even though it was happening right mm-hmm. in front of you. Mm-hmm. Because there was, and there were so many like moving parts of the story. And like if you, and it wasn't that hard to follow. Like he didn't make it that hard to follow. Yeah. Whereas in my next movie, you kind of, you might have gotten confused a little bit if you weren't paying attention. Okay. But this one. Is it, but like the most amazing part of this movie and like there's a lot of people that disagree that didn't like it because it was all dialogue, no action and stuff like that because everybody has like a short attention span. So the, the amazing part about this movie was it was 90% dialogue. All the action happened at the end of the movie. Yeah. So it was like 90% building up the tension and you didn't know who the fuck was going to survive. Yeah. And then the last 10 minutes was just like straight action. Like everybody gets killed or not killed. You don't know who the fuck is shot. And then it ends and you're like, holy fuck. Oh, yeah. Like I was saying. It was just like. I I know I'm going to like the movie more. It's just I think I saw it like twice and that was around the same time it came out. Like I think I saw it twice like in theaters. And uh, I don't remember too much about it. But um, yeah. like I said, I want to watch again, especially with the new Netflix version where it's like in episodic yeah. form. Um, I definitely need to see it again. I think we might have the same number one. Oh, we definitely have the same number one. Yes. There's only one left. Yeah, That's yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, we do have the same number one. Um, Pulp Fiction. Like, like I said, Pulp Fiction it usually is probably going to be number one on my list. But the, the last five I mentioned, honestly, it's interchange- interchangeable yeah, yeah. depending on how I feel. But fucking Pulp Fiction. Like, the more I talked about Kill Bill, I was like, damn, bro. Kill Bill could be my number oh, one. Oh, yeah. The, like, thing, the thing is, I just want to say real quick, Reservoir Dogs, right? Yeah. That's the movie that basically Tarantino did. It kicked the door open and he got in the house. Then he came out with Pulp Fiction, and that's when he got the deed. And it became his fucking house. <laughs> yeah. That's the one where he was just like, you guys saw what I could do. Now watch what I could really do. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, oh, my God, dude. What can you say about Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction. I just wanted to say a little story, right? Because uh, you guys Tell used to make story. you guys used to make fun of me because I never Always. seen Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I don't remember the that. The truth, but I'm sure yeah, it's yeah. True. So in high school, you guys were like, "Oh, you never seen yeah. Pulp Fiction? You're yeah. so fucking stupid." Whatever. Yeah, you are. You, you still are. But the thing is, <laughs> I had seen Pulp Fiction. I didn't know it was Pulp Fiction. You're a dumbass. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. This was before like 
cable had like the title yeah. and like all the information at the bottom. Yeah. I was like flipping one day through the channels and I saw this movie. Bruce Willis was on. Crazy shit was happening. He grabbed the sword. I was like, whoa. What the fuck's that? I got to fucking see this movie. What's happening? Right? So I saw the movie and I was like, this is awesome. And but I had seen it like halfway through. Okay. So I didn't really know what was a lot of what was going on, but I had seen most of the movie. Then later on, I'm out chilling with Chris House, one of our friends from high school. And he's like, you know what? We're going to fucking watch Pulp Fiction. We start watching Pulp Fiction. Then they come to that scene. Like, I've seen this. I'm like, oh, I've fucking seen this before. I just didn't see like the first like half hour or whatever. But I saw the rest of it. And it was just like, it was an amazing movie. There's so much like, there's like three or four different storylines happening at the same time. And they all converge at the end right where every will where all gets solved at the end where you see how they're connected yeah towards by the, the end, end of the movie you see how it's all connected how yeah. it's all connected yeah. you're like there's like like there's a couple of different things happening there's samuel jackson and john travolta going around and be like say that again motherfucker and he shoots somebody yeah. in the fucking head say what again and then you got like bruce willis like he's like going around there was like this black guy who was chained up he got fucked up the ass like bro crazy shit was fucking happening in this movie yeah and then all of it comes kind of like yeah boom at the end he's yeah. like yo bam arroz con pollo there it is <laughs> that's, a, that's one hell of a high school reference right there but bringing no, it back baby the the thing i so pulp fiction came out in 94 i think and uh the thing is as a little kid, I'd, I'd always watch movies my whole life. I still watch movies, like, a lot. Um, and I remember watching a lot of movies. I watched, like, Naked Gun with um, Leslie Tom, Nielsen. Tom Cruise. Oh, that's not... No, that's Top Gun. Never mind. I'm sorry. Like, I heard Gun. Like I was Brown like... Brown all over again. <laughs> so, like, Naked Gun with him. And it's... Uh, Naked, I don't know if it was Naked Gun or one of the Leslie Nielsen movies. And there's always these different movies that make fun of this one scene where you see these two people dancing and then you have the guy where he's got the long hair and it's going down the side and he's dancing weird doing a twist and there's another girl dancing with him doing the twist. And I remember I would always see this and I was like, this is a reference to something. What is this? And I asked my father and he said, leave me alone. Then I asked him again <laughs> and then he told me, it's this movie called Pulp Fiction. You probably won't like it. I was like, well, I'm curious to see what it is. So my dad one day goes to Blockbuster. Blockbuster was the thing at the time. That's how long ago I saw this. yeah. He comes back. He's like, hey, here's the movie. I was like, okay, let me watch it. Um, I put on the movie. I sat there. I watched the whole thing. And then I thought, that had to be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Um, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember watching the movie. And I was like, this was bad. It was just a bad movie. Damn. Yeah, that's the first time I saw it. The number one movie on your fucking list. <laughs> And then uh, it's funny because, like, I remember watching it, and then I talked to my dad about it. I was like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, he didn't remember it too much. And my mom, she's, she didn't really remember it much. And it was one of those things. And the next day, I was just thinking about the movie still. I'm like, it was so fucking stupid. The thing is, I never stopped thinking about the movie to the point where I was like, let me watch this again. Let me see. What the hell were they trying to do? I saw it the second time. When it was over, I don't know what happened. I fucking loved it. It's, yeah. uh, it's weird. I, don't, I could never explain. I'd never be able to explain how it happened. But a movie that I really thought was just the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. And then the second viewing, it became one of my all time. That happens because of perspective. It's like you. you yeah. But usually there's time. Yeah, yeah. Like this was like within the same week, maybe oh, yeah. within like three days, four days. 
you and it was see, just like you had to see it twice so it could connect man. i guess yeah but it was just i mean that movie i mean we think about it you got John Travolta, Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Keitel, Quentin Tarantino's in it, Ving Rhames is in it, Bruce Willis is in it. Like, the list goes on. Yeah. Like, you look at these actors, like, holy shit, dude. And just the way... The, I think the, that's when Bruce Willis still had hair. Just barely. He just yeah. barely had it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, from the beginning of the movie... so hard in that movie, it fell he out. He lost it, man. Yeah. That's what happens when you get fucked up the ass. <laughs> well, he didn't. He, he prevented that. But the movie starts off and you hear that song. You hear Miserloo, and the guitar is going down and down. It's just, yeah, it's fucking badass. They cut to the whole, the other song, Get Down On It. It's playing on there, and then you see John Travolta and Samuel Jackson with the two stupidest haircuts I've ever seen in my life, and they're talking about fucking cheeseburgers in France. Oh, didn't Samuel Jackson have, like, a perm? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. And then he had the weird mustache thing, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. These two Actually, guys who look like idiots, amazing. and they're having the dumbest conversation about cheeseburgers in mm. France. And a royale with cheese. Yeah, yeah, because of the metric system. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so good. Then you get to the scene where he's talking to the guy. You know, we work for Marcellus Wallace. What? I said, Marcellus, what? What? He's like, D- say what again? You know, and he just keeps going, just starts reading a verse from the Bible. And he, that's not, you know, that's not in the Bible. No. Tarantino invented that. Oh, shit. It's that chat, that Ezekiel 25, 17, or whatever the fuck it was, that doesn't exist. Damn. Tarantino fucking wrote scripture. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> What are the what are the book of the book of Tarantino? The book of Tarantino. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, that fucking movie, dude. Just everything about it, like you said. Um, Uma Thurman was great in it. She like her character was like weird, and it was a whole thing. I mean, it's <sighs> funny that she goes from that to Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. But it's man, Pulp Fiction, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what can you say? What can you say? Yeah, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. That's all I could say. Yeah. Coming to the end of this podcast, um, this was an awesome conversation. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. I hope everybody listening enjoyed our- well, We pretty much just talked about how we like saw Quentin Tarantino's dick for like an hour. Hey, bro. <laughs> he keeps making these movies. It might happen. Just <laughs> call me, bro. Um, but yeah, what? tell us what you guys think about Quentin Tarantino's movies. Um don't forget to follow us on social medias. Like, subscribe, share, review, uh, pray. Rate. Rate. Rate, pray. Whatever. Pray, rate. Pray uh, and then let us rate your prayers. Yes, yes. Uh, if you guys want to reach out and tell us what you think about uh, how we ranked these movies, please do. We'd like to definitely hear from you, um, even though you won't. But, you know, I, I still have hope. I still have hope. <laughs> but, yeah, anything else, Dan? Um, no, just watch these movies if you haven't watched them. If you have watched them, watch them again. And uh, fun fact, I'm sure most people know, all of his movies are connected. They are so in find, some way, find, shape, and form. Find the connections and you're going to just appreciate it all more. Yeah. We good? Yeah. All I got to say is I'm Chuck and I'm here to fuck. There you go. <laughs>